Hello, good morrow, good evening, good day. This is Dan Palmieri from JMJ Missions along with my co-hosts, co-founders, tri-founders, Rocco Tarabarelli and Anthony McCullough. I affectionately call him Anthony McCharles because his middle name's Charles, so why not? So, today we have a great lineup of things to talk about, but before we do that, remember we... Uh, are on all kinds of like things. We we do YouTube videos. Rock does a great job making them. Me and Anthony give talks. You can go to our website, jmjmissions.com, for more information on that and for pretty much everything. We're on social media. Please give us a like, a subscribe, a follow on all the social media platforms, including TikTok. Uh, and did I miss anything? Uh, Instagram and TikTok, which you just said just three seconds ago. Right, so not at all. Okay, great. <laughs> so... Uh, we all need humility ants, okay? <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, please follow us and oh, and share our stuff. And if you want to support us, you can support us on our website. You can support us via Anchor if and you have Venmo. an Anchor account. Venmo too. Yeah, on our website we even have like a Venmo thing. Let's say you just want to throw us a couple a couple shekels uh, just to let us keep doing what we do. I mean, we like I said, we are. I've said this before. I didn't say this already, but we have full time jobs. We are uh, uh, we are all trying to make it make make you know. Make a living, yep. make it by. So we cannot keep doing this without your help and your support. Most of all, and I'm not just saying this through prayer, spiritually, but also if you can, you know, financially, we're always um, we're always open. <laughs> the door is always open for you to support us that way. All right, today we are going to be talking about a almost controversial topic in the Catholic world, but not that controversial because like it's Harry Potter. I mean, people get like a little bit like they disagree, but they don't get too upset about it because it's just a book. But we will be talking about that, uh, our opinions of it everything that comes from it. Uh, but first, Anthony, small talk, go. So I heard someone say this the other day, and what they it was a really interesting question. What they said, if you were on a train, this is kind of dark, it's kind of like graphic. If you were on a train, and like the train was like going off the rails, and like you had the option of putting one musical artist at the front of the train to just get like smushed. Now we don't mean like we want to like kill anybody, obviously, but what, what the question is saying is what musical artist would you just like get rid of and like never have to hear again? Huh. Uh, that, that is some dark humor. Um, again, with a disclaimer that like, no, I wouldn't kill anybody. No, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Do you want me to go first? Yeah. My answer is Bruno Mars. I, every <laughs> song I've ever heard of Bruno Mars has been the most repetitive, not catchy, and too popular than it deserves. I, I just don't like, I think, I don't know. I don't like Bruno Mars. Treasure's not a bad song. I don't even know that song. That is what you, are. no? No. Okay, never mind. <laughs> well, uh, I'm still thinking. I don't thinking know, I'm rock. still thinking. Billy Joel? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't so. think so. Um, let's see, Green Day maybe? No. Really? No, Green Day's good. Yeah, you're right. There's a few songs yeah. that are like, I just don't like their like political stances on That's things. That's true. I have just, one more. They seem a little ignorant about stuff, but I, you're one, right. They, they, they have good music. I do listen to When I Come Around mm-hmm. and uh, Good Riddance. One more that's very unpopular, Adele. I don't like Adele. Interesting. Yeah, she I don't has, like, I'm not She I'm has not an amazing voice, like such a, such a talented singer, but I can't relate to what she's singing about. Hmm. You know, and like every time I turn on the radio, I hear the song Go Easy On Me. And I always wonder, like, who's not going easy on you? Right. Like, you know I mean? like, who is it that's putting this pressure on her? Yeah, I think you just offended about 78% of our female <laughs> listeners. Um, I, yeah, I just don't like, I never, like, was in the mood <laughs> to listen to Adele. I totally respect her talent. I'm not super fond of Taylor Swift either. Old I love Taylor Love Story, and I love, like, Back to December. We just lost yeah. all of our female listeners. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Especially those on the I don't really of, like, care for 30. her newer stuff. Yeah, not only her, yeah, new stuff's angry. He's always in a bad mood. Like, relax, <laughs> yeah. Taylor. Oh. It's all good. Uh, I got to say, I like Taylor Swift. Um, 
You're right. She has been a little. She seems a little jaded from her mm-hmm. relationships. And I, I get that. She needs to heal. Like you know, that those feelings don't really come from right. God. But um, <laughs> but uh, I've, her, her old music especially is really yeah. like shake it off. You can't tell great, me you don't think that song's yeah, catchy. That's a great song. That's a catchy song. Yep. Man. You belong with me was my favorite. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew you were trouble. <laughs> I remember there was song. a contest when we were in high school because Taylor Swift is our age, and you could take her to prom. Like you, you could enter this contest and win and take her to prom. And Rock, I remember like your cousin. I think he had a girlfriend at the time, and he entered that contest like a hundred times. Mm-hmm. And, we were, and we were like, his name's Anthony. And we were like, Ant, like, what are you going to do if you win? Like, what about your girlfriend? And his answer was iconic. He said, she's just going to have to understand. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, she would. I mean, it's Taylor yeah. Swift. I mean, it's just right. prom. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, yeah, I still don't really oh, – man, I don't know. Like, I, I wanted to say Green Day, but not really – I'm trying to think of an artist that everybody is into that I'm just not mm-hmm. really feeling, just not into. Um, geez, I don't know. It'd be like, I don't know. I can't. I, I can't. I'm gonna go stick with Green Day because of their political stances on things. All right, that's <laughs> fair. But I do like their. I like their songs. Like yeah, Time of Your Life. Also good riddance. Good riddance. Yeah. yeah, I could play that on the guitar. It's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Um, all right, so. Well, that was a good small talk. Thanks. Did Rock ever give an answer? Oh, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with me. That's okay. You know, you're just, just having an off night. Yeah. You totally to caught me off guard. I was preparing for a different small talk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Anthony gave us a hint. I was at like, what, well, what am I going to be saying? Oh, I have a good one. <laughs> right. We we do all the small talks like we don't know about them ahead of time, but sometimes Anthony gives us like a hint, a subject hint, something like that. So he heavily hinted in about a different it, direction. In a different direction. <laughs> totally as, different. As the as the. <laughs> Artists on a train, but mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Uh, maybe you can, um, you know, comment on our. Uh, well, <laughs> people are going to take this out of context <laughs> so bad, but comment on one of our YouTube videos, which helps the algorithm. Um, what artists you would like to exactly. see? Exactly. Don't maybe mention that the like you want to see him hit by a train. That's yeah. just Because no one's going to know what you mean. They're right. going to take it so and we don't dark. Mean that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. But what artists would you just like? You know, give up and just say like they couldn't make music anymore if you wanted mm-hmm. to. Feel free to make that comment. Yep. Helps us out. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Let's take a quick break as we delve into our topic, uh, which is Harry Potter. And if you're a Harry Potter fan or not a Harry Potter fan or like you're just in the middle, you don't even care about Harry Potter, that's cool because we're talking about general subjects surrounding that as well that might be of interest to you. Let's take a quick music break and then we'll get into it. All right. So, Harry Potter. Now, it was my nickname in high school. Was it really? It was. Did you have a little scar on your forehead? No, but I had very long black hair. And it was oh, very yeah, emo. Your emo phase. Yeah, and the kids on the soccer team called me Harry Potter, and they didn't even know my real name. That's so sad. <laughs> That stuff will, like, if you don't have Christ, that stuff will, like, wound you. Yeah, I didn't have Christ at the time. It messed with me a little. Yeah. I should have just cut my hair. You know what I mean? Like, problem solved. Yeah, but then you're, like, you know, then you're, like, not fighting the machine. You know, you're conforming. That's true. You got to stand up for yourself. <laughs> right. No, I just would have cut my hair, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rock, were you a fan of Harry Potter growing up? I saw the first two movies in theaters. I never read any of the books. Uh, and I enjoyed the first two movies, and I just kind of stopped there. Um, I think I saw one of them with you. I know I saw one of them with uh, my cousin Anthony, who we talked about earlier. Uh, And I think the other one might have been with you. Might have been. First one. Yeah, I think think so. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. I remember in 2000, I don't know, like three or four, when Prisoner of Azkaban came out, um, we had just met our friend Ryan. I remember it was like that year because like we were still really young. And uh, I wanted to go see Prisoner of Azkaban. And you wanted to see Dodgeball. 
And we had, we I had probably the, won. We got into a big argument, and yes, we went and saw Dodgeball, but it was Good. really funny, so it was totally fine. <laughs> um, yeah, Rock, we probably did see it. I don't remember that, but we probably did see one of the movies together. Uh, There's no way I would have went to go see Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> That's a good movie, though. Nah, I don't know if I've ever seen that one. I think I've only seen the one where they play Quidditch. <laughs> oh, okay. They play yeah. Quidditch in like all of them. Oh, really? Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. So by that, we could tell Ant. What's your what's your Harry Potter status? I um, never had an imagination like that. Like when I would like, how do I say this? Like play like with action figures when mm-hmm. I was like really little. Like that was like the extent of my imagination. When I grew up, my like fan I'll say fantasy like world type of imagination, like for wizards and like spells and things like that. That just never caught onto my brain. I never latched onto that. So I was never interested in like the wand stuff and and the wizards and like this alternate reality. Like never. Yeah. So. I was never into it. I remember one day it was the summer and I was 15 years old mm-hmm. and like rock, you were like down the shore, Dan, you were probably like in Tennessee or something like that. <laughs> and I had nothing to do. So I actually opened up a book of Harry Potter and I read like a page and a half and I just like closed it and moved on with my life. <laughs> <laughs> so you were never into like Lord of the Rings or anything, anything involving re- the wizardry. And I respect Lord of the Rings now knowing what I, because of the Catholic uh, influences in it. Yeah. But still like I, if I was had a day to do nothing and I had to put on a movie, I wouldn't put on Lord of the Rings. Right. Just so the way that I am. Same thing with like Chronicles of Narnia. Probably, yeah. Like right? I respect it and I can see the Catholic stuff in it, but I'm just like, yeah. Eh. Yeah. And yeah. C.S. Lewis wasn't even Catholic. He was Anglican, but very close to Catholic. Mm-hmm. And there's imagery all over that. Yeah. Um, all of all these opinions that I'm giving are probably hurting a lot of our listeners. <laughs> Harry Potter, Adele, Taylor Swift. All right, you know what? It's okay. I'm going to save everybody by saying not only do I like Taylor Swift and Adele's okay. Um, first off, I, every time I think of Adele, I think of a really funny meme that I saw from a few years back before Leonardo DiCaprio got his um, was it his uh, Oscar. There's a big thing going on because Leo DiCaprio had been <clears throat> he had been a uh, I just squeaked, by the way. It's okay. I didn't even I, notice. I, I, Lord, <laughs> I didn't even I, notice. I don't know if people picked it that up. That should have been an Easter egg. That's true. I don't Squeak. know if the mic picked it up or not, but I need humility, too. So. <laughs> yep. Uh, back when Leo DiCaprio still hadn't won an Oscar, which I think he got, like, best actor for The Revenant, um, he had been nominated, like, seven or eight times, and then people realized, like, oh, my gosh, Leo DiCaprio doesn't have an Oscar. How does he not have an Oscar? So I saw the meme. Uh, it was, like, a picture on Instagram, and it just said, uh, and the nominees are, and then it said uh, in a list... Leo DiCaprio, Leo DiCaprio, Leo DiCaprio, Leo DiCaprio. And then it said, person opens envelope. And the winner is Adele, <laughs> uh, which is really funny. That's what I think of every time I hear Adele. But anyway, yeah. I don't mind Adele. I like Taylor Swift. And I will save this by saying, um, yeah, me, just by chance, I really was into Harry Potter mm-hmm. and Lord of the Rings and all that. Not really Chronicles of Narnia as much. I read the book when I was in school, uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. That's it. Um, but Harry Potter, I read the first five books. Uh, I kind of just stopped when I was like a sophomore in high school. I don't know why, because I enjoyed all of them, uh, probably more than any book I ever read. Uh, this is way before my conversion. If I had had my conversion experience, or our conversions, I should say, which happened when we were 19 years old, uh, or Aunt, you would have been 20, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, right for the start of college, if I had had my conversion earlier, I probably would have avoided Harry Potter, Having said that, though, I did read all five books, uh, the first five, saw all the movies just recently. Um, I had only seen the first three or four up until then. But um, I was and kind of still am a really big fan. I really enjoyed them. Uh, I couldn't put the books down. Um, Same with Lord of the Rings. Um, I didn't read the books, but just watched the movies and things like that. So before I get into my opinion, though, on all of this... Uh, which is a little bit complex because, it, like I said, it's uh, it's it's there's a lot of good, a lot of bad. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your opinions on it overall? 
Uh, it depends on, I think, on how much you invest in it. I think what you're asking is, like, should a Catholic really be watching Harry Potter? Like, that's that's kind of what you're trying to get. Yeah, at. is it okay to watch? Is it okay to read the books? You yeah. Know, what, I, what do you feel about it? I think it depends on the individual. If we have a kid who's getting, like, overly obsessed and, like, thinking that they're going to become a wizard and, and get into witchcraft and these spells and things like that, then I think it's, like, a huge, huge problem. Right. Gigantic occasion of sin. If you just watch it casually and, like, you don't overly invest, I think it's fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Rock, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with Anne. I think anything, if done in, ex- in excess, could become very unhealthy, and I think that follows suit. So not even just the <clears throat> spiritual influence. It's just when you put anything excessively in front of God that's— that Well, what are a, the spiritual influence? I mean, if you could just well, kind the, of the entire, them. So the entire premise of the book is that Harry, Ron, and Hermione, Hogwarts, they teach you how to be a wizard. And it's very interesting, the spells and, like, the— the, uh, the idea of going to school at Hogwarts is such a cool school in the, the community that they are good wizards. There's good wizards out there and bad wizards. There's also muggles who don't even realize any of this exists, and that's like me and you. They're just like normal people, right? <laughs> um, and uh, there's a, a Lord Voldemort who is like the main evil character who kind of represents almost like a satanic figure uh, who tried to kill Harry. He kills everybody in his way, and the mark of love that his mom left when he was a baby because his mom sacrificed her life for him put this mark of protection on him, and when he tried to kill Harry, his the baby in the crib by himself after his mom had made that sacrifice, uh, the curse ended up working backwards and like almost destroying him. Voldemort. Almost destroying. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the mark of sacrificial love, which actually, weirdly enough, is a Christian idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Honestly, um, I didn't know any of this. Yeah. So it's, continue. This yeah. is why. The, yeah, they are really good. <laughs> yeah. So Harry grows up and uh, doesn't realize he's a wizard until later on when he gets a letter from the school saying that he does have wizard blood and that he's they're welcoming him to the school and uh, he has to, he gets away from his aunt and uncle who hate his guts and his, uh, they, they treat him like horribly and he lives in a cupboard under the stairs, things like that, <laughs> and uh, comes away and finds that he's famous in the wizarding world because he's the only person that's ever not been killed by that horrible Lord Voldemort. Mm-hmm. And then his first year, the Lord Voldemort makes his, makes his return uh, to try to kill Harry again and get his power back. And he's got a thing for Harry because he's the one that took his power away and, sh- and stood up to him as a little tiny baby <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's a really cool it's a it's a cool premise here's so kind of like good versus evil it very much is right a story of good versus evil but there's a huge problem within catholicism and that is the fact that there's no such thing as a good wizard mm-hmm. wizardry is extremely spiritually right. dangerous in the real world in mm-hmm. real life so i remember being like 10 years old obsessed with the books and uh, i heard of, and i you know I wasn't anti-Catholic. I just was nominally Catholic. Didn't really think about it too much. And I heard a priest on the radio, and this priest said um, he was really upset. He said these books are satanic. People are going to be going to hell if they read it. It's horrible. Do not let your children read these books. It's from the devil. It's a sin. Do not read the books. And I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, this the, dude like they're just books. They're not. Mm-hmm. They're just like I I love the books and I don't feel any different than I was. I don't feel like any satanic influences are entering my mind and heart. They're just really good fictional books, you know. They're they're fake. How could he be like this? And I and I didn't understand that until later. And when I had my conversion experience, uh, and then I realized, <clears throat> excuse me, I realized that um, witchcraft is real and it's completely satanic. And if you try to actually do witchcraft, you get involved with that kind of stuff. You actually try to put curses on people. You get involved with Wiccan, uh, Wicca spirituality, New Age cult, occult spirituality. The devil can weasel his way in and often usually does in these ways, in very serious ways. And that's when I look back and I was able to realize, okay, that's what this priest was worried about, was people actually dabbling in the real thing. Like it, you know, And also I get it. Like You could be reading the Bible, which is going to do incredible things for your soul. And reading about the saints, but instead you're reading about something totally fake at best. 
Um, so I do understand where he's coming from now, but I'll give you a little more of my opinion in a second. Yeah, what you said when you heard what that priest said on the radio that, like, you can't read this, it's a sin, let's stay away from it. And you were like, kind of relax, it's just like a movie, it's just right. a book, no big deal. That kind of reminds me of like a Ouija board. A lot of people think that, that that's just a game made by Mattel. Right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it can't, how can it be so horrible? It's like a. It's like a mass-produced toy. Right. Like, it's a board game. The Ouija board can't be bad. No, right. like, there's stuff attached to that stuff. Yes. So, like, that priest was onto something. Yes. In, in that extent. Uh, yeah, so the objects, objects can have a spirituality to them. That's why we have holy water. Mm-hmm. That's why we have blessed salt. That's why the, the, the church has recognized this from the very beginning. That's why we have relics of saints, because the goodness and love of God, the holiness, it's almost like it sticks to the physical world. Mm-hmm. It's the spiritual world and the physical worlds are very connected. In fact, you could say, and I think I've said this in podcasts before, that the physical world, you could say, comes from the spiritual world. I mean, God made the spiritual world, I mean, and the physical world, and God is pure spirit. So by that definition, if God, pure spirit, made the physical world, then you could say, in a sense, if God holds creation all together like we believe he does, then the spiritual world constantly undergirds the physical. You just can't see it. It's more of a feel kind of thing. It's like you can't see your soul, but it's not, it doesn't physically exist, but it clearly exists. In that sense, we believe that the body and soul, the physical and spiritual, are connected, and that's why objects can be cursed and contain, maybe you could even say, like demons attached to them. Uh, if human beings give permission to demons to, to, mm-hmm. to attach to them, like, you know, uh, that's why you need a priest to come bless your house. That's why, uh, you know, objects can hold, can, people have reported cases of possession because of cursed objects in their right. house. And in the same way, as we just said, in the reverse, we can have very holy objects like like saints' relics and things like that that have a true good spiritual power to them. Mm-hmm. Very interesting, interesting stuff. Um, so the problem is you start doing this Wicca stuff, you start getting involved with the spirituality, and you don't realize it, but like a Ouija board, these things really do have a spiritual charge to them for good or for bad, and it can influence your soul and your life. And you're opening up your will to something that is not God. Even if you have good intentions, even if you want to be a wizard to like, you know, heal someone or something like that, you're still opening up your will and your soul to something that's not God. And that's that's a horrible idea. Exactly. And yeah. you know, people say, well, I'm a good witch. I want to do good things. Mm-hmm. I, I get that they have good intentions. But in the end, I hate to say this because I'm not trying to condemn anybody. We try to be as positive as we can on this podcast because the Lord, you know, the gospel is such good news. But there's pride there. Mm-hmm. When you say, oh, I'm a good witch, you're still saying, I'm going to do things myself. Right. Witchcraft is all about, I'm going to put curses and spells on things myself, even if I, I'm, I'm going to help you. Well, are we really capable of doing anything? No. no. We can't even exist on our own. Every second we're being held into existence by God, loved into existence by God, and we, you can't even breathe on your own, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Every good thing you've ever done is actually God in you that you're responding to, which is beautiful, but we got to be humble about that. And that even makes it more beautiful if you can be humble about it. So witchcraft, in the end, is all about you. Like, I'm going to manipulate the physical and spiritual world for my benefit. That is the exact opposite of how Jesus Christ thought. Jesus Christ didn't say, I'm going to manipulate the spiritual world for my benefit, whether for good or evil. He said, I'm going to literally just give my life out of obedience to the Father, and that's what's going to save the world. And that is why um, witchcraft is... Uh, in essence, like at its core, it is diabolical. I'm not saying that you can't have some people with really good intentions that dabble in the wrong ways, kind of almost accidentally or almost like not thinking about it. I'm not saying God can't very much rescue them and see that they have good intentions and heal them through the sacraments and whatnot, but at its core, witchcraft is diabolical. Um, Any comments on that? Yeah, so do you think, can things attach themselves to you if you're doing well spiritually? Like let's say you're in a state of grace, 
Uh, you're not overly obsessing with wizardry. You're not like trying to do that kind of stuff, and you're just simply just watching Harry Potter as entertainment. Can something like, without you even knowing it, and you trying to be a good Catholic, can something attach itself to you? Like I, I'm literally, I don't even know. Yeah, that's a that, that's mm-hmm. a, that's a really good. Like, what if you're try? What if you're really trying your best, but you struggle with certain things, certain addictions or vices? Could like demons? kind of enter into that yeah that's a great question um the answer is yes and no Mm -hmm. (laughs) um if you're doing well spiritually you're praying daily you're going to confession uh, especially if you mess up especially if it's mortal sin you're hanging around the right people decent people uh you're typically really protected protected Mm -hmm. i mean god gives everybody it seems like a natural protection to guard Mm -hmm. your free will you kind of got to invite this stuff in to really be affected by it right uh, but especially through your baptism and, and even more so the sacraments and prayer, you're like protected. However, in very rare circumstances, it seems that God can allow these things to inf- afflict you, and usually it's for your growth. If you're doing well, uh, curses, things like that, they, they won't affect you unless God does it for your growth. So, for example, I have a really cool story that after uh, my our, our conversion experiences, I was praying all the time. Uh, I woke up out of nowhere with doubts, horrible doubts one morning. You guys have heard this story before in my talks. Um, and like I, I had no idea where these horrible, depressing, doubtful thoughts about God, doubtful thoughts about the church and the sacraments, where they were coming from. Because we had had like, supernatural experiences already, and I was 100% sure of the truth of Catholicism and Christianity. And here I am having doubts, and I didn't tell anybody about it for a week or two. A very holy woman, which we know here at JMJ, I won't go into details of who this woman is, a very holy woman with a charismatic gift for reading hearts, a uh, gift of knowledge, kind of the same thing that Padre Pio had. Cardionosis. Yes, the, the, te- <laughs> the uh, technical term, cardionosis. Um, she came to our church and literally knew that I was doubting. And she sat me down. I didn't tell anybody about the doubts. Knew that I was doubting, knew what kind of doubts I was having, that I was having confusing thoughts, and then explained to me how I got the thoughts she said I was hanging around somebody who had a lot of doubts themselves, and that I the the uh, negative. And you, en- you engaged an argument with him too. Yeah, you weren't I, just like around him. Right, yeah. I wasn't just hanging out with him, yeah. but uh, but I was had been spending lots of time with him, and that she said like it's almost like a negative spirit of doubt, like a demon, what transferred from him to me, and I didn't even realize it, and that's where I got the thoughts from. I thought, what the heck? What what does she mean? It wasn't until like a few days later where I traced my steps back and realized the night before I woke up with these random doubts is when me and you, Rock, got into a debate with this kid. Mm-hmm. And that's where I got those doubts from. And we kind of beat him in the debate. So even at that moment, that night, I didn't have any doubts. Like None of the things he said bothered me. It wasn't until the next morning that they bothered me, which would be like almost like a spirit like working on me overnight. Mm-hmm. Something along those lines. We're getting yeah. very myst- the mystical end uh-huh. here. So, I mean, the church doesn't have any official teachings. You guys can our listeners take this with a grain of salt, like whatever mm-hmm. you think, but that's what happened to us. So, uh, you think, well, Dan, like you were praying, you were on fire at the time in your honeymoon phase of your spirituality, of your conversion, you were taking part in the sacraments, you were praying. Why would God allow that? Well, this holy woman also told me that God allowed it for me to wrestle with these doubts. So I would never doubt again. And right. that if I persevered and continued to pray and continue to wrestle with them, then over time they would just go away. And that's exactly what happened. And now I don't wrestle with those doubts at all anymore. Yeah. So to conclude your question, guys, to wrap that up with this long response that I've given, um, it seems that you're protected 99% of the time if you're a good, if you're out of sin and you're praying and taking part in the sacraments, sacramentals, um, holy water, you know, scapular, miraculous metal, wearing those things, um, unless God specifically allows it for a reason to help you grow. Right. And I obviously God allowed that for you because that happened naturally. Like you just kind of, that conversation about God and his existence just came up. Right. And you did your best to defend the church. 
you weren't like opening yourself up to like new age theologies like you know what i mean like trying to switch and like mm-hmm. look for like a different god in the cosmos so, right like that was something that got allowed rather than something that you brought upon yourself through opening your will right and that's yeah. actually why like a ouija board like is dangerous it's, it's not even the board is although that mm-hmm. can take on a cursed uh, a dark uh, spiritual charge you could say best mm-hmm. way i could put it uh by you using it however it's more your will that you through your free will chose to try to enter the spiritual world on your own without the help of christ without humility in the end as i said we can't do anything on our own Christian spirituality is completely passive in the best way. You you relax, you open your heart, and Christ does everything. You're open to Christ. You don't take credit for anything. So by reaching out into the spiritual world, trying to contact the dead, things like that, um, that you don't actually have the ability to do on your own, the only way you're going to be able to do it is if demons do it for you, and you mm-hmm. don't even realize they're demons, and you're not even contacting the dead. You're almost always contacting a demon who's posing as a dead person, right. and that's why these things happen. So, like... Yeah, uh, in the end, you start to get involved with these things. Um, yeah, you could you could you could get hurt. Mm-hmm. So, I guess to conclude, my opinion on Harry Potter is, and I've spoken a lot, so I'll let you guys go in a second. But um, my opinion is overall, I don't think it's a problem if you know what you're doing. If you are a good Catholic who's praying, you're not obsessing over the books like some people obsess over it and kind of make their idol into it. You're not actually dabbling in real witchcraft. Um, and you're not using it as an escape from your life. I think like any other fictional book, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think we need to run from stuff like that because that's almost a fear. It's not like, oh my God, you you have a Harry Potter book in your hand. Oh my God, get away from me. Like, no, that's almost um, fear. Mm-hmm. And we don't really operate on little fears like that. Like we don't right. have to worry about that if we mm-hmm. have Christ. However, you obsess over it. You read that more than you read, read scripture yeah. and then especially dabble in real witchcraft. Mm-hmm. You're in big trouble. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think you're fine. Uh, Father Vincent Lampert, who's a very famous exorcist, said in a talk when he was asked about this that no he wasn't a huge fan of harry potter because of that there's no good wizards and you know what i worry about along with him i would say is like i'm fine you know i tell my catholic school students you guys are fine you read it you know what you're doing Mm -hmm. but look at all the kids out there millions of teenagers who have broken families Mm -hmm. who are lonely they don't have any god not close to god they don't have any religious upbringing or purpose Mm -hmm. in their life then they read harry potter these books are so good Mm -hmm. and they draw you in so well that you think oh my gosh i would like to be a wizard right i would my god i would love to have this fantasy life where i can escape my world be a Mm -hmm. wizard then they look up on the internet real witchcraft yeah Ooh, now you're getting right now now, it's scary it's it's scary yeah Yeah. so that's what i worry about that's probably what this priest was worried about on the radio Mm -hmm. so father vincent lampert the exorcist in this talk pretty much said like no um He's not He's not a fan of Harry Potter. He's not going to tell kids not to read it, only because everyone already does, and he doesn't see a huge danger just reading it, but he said it's an opportunity for parents to sit down with their kids and discuss why real witchcraft is not good and where the differences are between Catholicism and Harry Potter and why, why like wizardry in all forms, witchcraft, it cannot be good and why really you only need Christ and that's where your happiness will come from anyway. Right. So he said it's a great opportunity to sit down and see the differences and discuss the faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think sometimes in my own personal life, sometimes I'm a little bit too hardcore on myself or like too, too hard on myself. Um, Because even I mean, leave Harry Potter out of it, like even just neutral things. Like I start to notice in myself, if I fill my time with something that's just neutral, it could be a game. Like four or five years ago, I went through this phase where I was playing this World War Two video game, (laughs) Battlefield, and playing that online. It's a lot of fun. Like, you know, you get, you get teammates, you get all like a strategy involved. And I was, I was playing it a lot. I would play it for maybe hour and a half, maybe two hours a day, about maybe like five years ago. And I noticed that I, when I wasn't playing this game, 
I was thinking about it. I was thinking about ways to get better. And then when it really hit me that I need to stop playing is I was dreaming about the game. Wow. I would go to sleep and like imagine that I was like, <laughs> in the battlefield. Yeah. And I'm like, when I would wake up and I'd be like, I got to stop playing this game. And the same <laughs> it's thing so is so funny. Yeah, I'm sorry. Right. No, it's okay. And like playing battlefield, you could argue that maybe that's sinful because it's like a war video game, but like, yeah, let's just say that it's just neutral just for the sake of this conversation. Anything that you're filling yourself with that isn't God, you got to be careful with. Like, even if it's and another thing on a smaller level is like fantasy football. I played in two different fantasy football leagues this year. And I noticed myself on like Sunday mornings, moderately obsessing over my roster and wondering which tight end to play <laughs> and researching like which ones has the weaker opponent. And I'm thinking right. like, yeah, this is fun. It's like, it's not sinful to like look up fantasy football stats, right? but it's like, I could be praying right now. And at the same time, you don't want to be too hard on yourself. You need balance. Like you have to, you know, you got to fill your time with other things. You got to play video games, watch TV. Sure. Make sure you pray the rosary and, and go to mass too. But like, if you're filling yourself too much with something that's not God, just be careful. Yeah, I was just thinking about video games this entire time. Mm -hmm. I mean, is it kind of, uh, does it kind of like, does a video game, a war game parallel just reading a Harry Potter book or watching a Harry Potter movie so long as you don't make it tangible? Like, you could play all the video games, war games you want, so long as you don't go out and buy a gun and be <laughs> I, I dangerous yeah, with yeah. it. I think it's along the and same line. And can a demon, do you think, attach itself? If you're playing video Probably. games, and just to be completely real and prudent about this, and realistic, uh, there are dangers with with war games, and there's dangers with Harry Potter, but I think they're different. I think the danger with Harry Potter is getting so into it that you try witchcraft. I don't think mm -hmm. anyone's really going to start declaring war on somebody else because they play too much violent video games. Right. What I do think, though, the the issue with violent video games is um. And just video games in general is playing it just too much. Yeah. Like you get hooked and you, and you start wasting away mm -hmm. your day. Right. Uh, there's very few kids that actually, uh, that I see becoming more violent people mm -hmm. from playing violent video games. I'm sure maybe, it maybe, has happened. Yeah, maybe probably, it's happened. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, we grew up in, like, video games. And, like, yeah. that it never affected us. Yeah, I wasn't like, violent at all. I played yeah. tons of war games growing uh -huh. up. And, uh, yeah, Call of Duty. <clears throat> right. Mm -hmm. Not that I would, like, encourage your kids no. to play it. Right. <laughs> yeah, my dad actually said something cool to me once. I was I was playing late at night. I was, like, 18. It was, like two or three in the morning, I was having a lot of fun playing Call of Duty. And he came into my room just to say, like, see how I was doing. He got home from work. And then he opened the door and he saw that I was playing Call of Duty. And he was just like, all he said to me was, Anthony, there's kids your age that are actually doing this and you're playing it in a video game. And I just went, ooh, like, yeah, that's a good point. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and like, honestly... When he, wait, sorry, when he said actually yeah. doing this, he meant actually in war. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, that's a good point you guys are making. I think... Video games in general, um, often can't they can I don't think they're sinful in and of themselves mm -hmm. in moderation. Yeah. I think everything in moderation, but they can become sinful really quick if you're addicted or your kids right. addicted or you're like, you know, I, I think if you're playing for a half hour or an Nothing hour, yeah, you're getting your rosary in. Yeah. You're, you're just a kid. You're a, especially if you're a teenager. Like mm -hmm. if you're a grown man and you should be right. taking care of like your That's kids. Different. Like okay, <laughs> That's different. maybe maybe it's like your one hobby, but really you shouldn't be playing very much. Um, but like, you know. I think it's all in moderation. However, I will say, so I'm not going to say for people asking for advice, just stop playing these things. Yeah. But what I will say is keep a lid on it. Mm -hmm. If you're thinking about it, like you said, Ant, more than you're thinking about the Lord. And and you, for me, I realized, I realized in the past, like when I was playing too much, if I played more than, I don't know, a half hour, an hour straight, I could literally, this is so weird, but I could literally feel my spiritual drive go down. Mm -hmm. I would sit down like on fire. Okay, I'm going to, you know, pray the liturgy of the hours and a rosary later. And, you know, and then I realized after I played for about 45 minutes to an hour, if I didn't stop, 
I didn't feel like praying the rosary anymore that night. Mm -hmm. Like I can feel my excitement for God literally go down because it was starting to become a problem. So I would say moderation, don't freak out. Don't be, you got to be organic. You got to be real. Uh Don't, you don't need to cut everything out as if it's like horrible mortal sin. But Mm -hmm. what I would say is this, the further you go spiritually, the deeper you go, the holier you get, the more Mm -hmm. towards sainthood that you start to progress the less you need it. Like, I right. can't see saints playing it at all. Mm-hmm. Now you say to yourself, oh, well, I want to be a saint. Let me stop right now. Sure, yeah. try to do that. But you also want to be natural. So right. I would say do it the natural way. And just little like by limit little. it, limit it little yeah. by little. Mm-hmm. Don't freak out. And yes, the further you get into Christ, the less anything else even makes you happy and gives you what Christ can give you. Right. And the video games will just probably stop. They'll just probably, mm-hmm. honestly, they'll just, they'll just get smaller and smaller and then they'll just stop. Or anything. Maybe it's Harry Potter. Right. Maybe you love reading certain novels. Like, the, like I'm not going to say stop reading it if yeah. you know what you're doing, but the closer you get to the Lord, the less you're going to, the less Harry Potter's going to do it for you, really. Mm-hmm. You know, as cool as the books are, because I loved the books and I really enjoy the movies to this right. day. It's not Christ. Mm-hmm. It won't do it for exactly. me. Exactly. Yep. Do you guys have any last words? Any last thoughts? No, I would no. just say as soon as Harry Potter stops doing it for you, what will do it for you is saints and like learning about the lives of the saints, oh, which yeah. leads to the saint cup. The saint but we got to do music before the saint cup. Yeah. Right? And the, oh, just a little, a little disclaimer the reason we did this whole harry potter thing the reason i thought of it and that everyone's been thinking of it is it's the 20th anniversary of the first harry potter movie yeah that's why of ours brought it up gab brought it up to us that's right a couple days ago and we're like oh we gotta talk about that oh yeah yeah yeah. so Mm -hmm. a friend of ours we're working on a documentary Mm -hmm. on maria esperanza the servant Servant of god God. nice (laughs) (laughs) she's the one that brought it up so great topic thanks for the uh, suggestion gab Mm -hmm. all right let's do a little music take a quick break and then we'll do our famous or infamous hopefully famous saint cup Welcome back. So if you're new to our podcast, if this is the first time that you're listening, at the end of every podcast, we literally pick a saint out of a cup. We missed it on the last one. Yeah, that's right. We did it. We missed it on the last one. So we have about 30 saints inside this little very fancy Mickey Mouse cup, and Rocco has to pick it, and we just kind of leave it up to the Holy Spirit. Sorry, that was a phone call in the middle of the podcast. Um, We just leave it up to the Holy Spirit, and let's see who Rock's going to take. So ready? Go ahead, Rock. And let's see who he gets. St. Paul. St. Paul. St. Paul. Very nice. Is he the one who used to be Saul? He used to be Saul. Right. And Saul translates to great one. Is it? Yeah. Translates to great one. And he thought that he was great. And he Mm. chopped off people's heads because he thought he was great. And then he changed the name to Paul. He chopped off people's heads? That's what I thought. Saul, who became St. Paul? I know he was trying to kill Christians. I don't know if he specifically chopped heads. Oh, I thought that's what he did. Oh, maybe. he was on a horse with a sword, and he would just, like, yeet their heads off. Oh, man, that's not in the Bible, I don't think. Oh, really? Maybe that's just, like, I a could, tradition. Oh, that could be, I could be totally <laughs> he wrong. He definitely wasn't a good guy who yeah, definitely right. like, was involved with killing Christians somehow. Gotcha. If it was as specific as running by people, right. and, man, you're getting dark today. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, the train, killing <laughs> musical artists, chopping people's... Wow, all right. Um, <laughs> anyway, when he converted, he changed his name to Paul, which means little one. Oh, that's interesting. Well, yeah. Oh, so like the S, the all part is like one. Probably. And then the S versus the P, Saul, Paul. Is I like might have made all little. of that up. Did you? <laughs> no, I didn't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. I did not know that. You learn something new every day. Um, Rock, anything on St. Paul? Um, all I know is he had a obviously a huge conversion, and he's responsible for what? 90% of the New Testament? Something like, I don't know if it's 90%, but a lot of it. Yeah. It's it's so funny. Paul reached such great spiritual heights and was so respected in the Christian community after his conversion, which 
uh, for those that don't know, he lived right after Jesus. He thought he thought Jesus was like the devil, like literally. He thought that Christianity was like a a cancer on Judaism, and that it was a horrible thing. And uh, he would go around trying to organize, as we said, the killing of Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, as he was on the way to Damascus, the city, to kill more Christians, and he thought he was doing God's work, which is interesting. And you know what I've noticed? When someone genuinely thinks they're doing good, Jesus is usually really patient with them, sees something really good in them, and changes their heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like someone who is is a little bit of an, a tangent here. I'm working on not going on so many tangents, but I couldn't help it. When somebody um, is like religiously misguided but thinks they're doing good and is trying their best, it's almost like God would rather have that than someone who knows the truth, who has a Catholic faith, and just doesn't care. Uh, as Jesus said, if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out. St. Paul was not lukewarm at all in his life, although he's completely True. misguided before his conversion. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's mm-hmm. on the road to Damascus to, to organize the killing of more Christians. And uh, people think he was knocked off his horse. That's the common phrase, to get knocked off your horse by a blinding flash of light. That's only because that's in a painting by, I think, Caravaggio, uh, which made that really famous. It doesn't say he got knocked off his horse. It just says there was a blinding flash of light St. Paul was probably knocked to the ground and then says, who are you, Lord? And then he hears a voice, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And again, like the first, like I said, the first time he says, who are you, Lord? And uh, he says, I am Jesus. I'm the one you're persecuting, which shows how close Jesus is to his followers. He doesn't say, why are you persecuting my people? Why are you taking out the Christians? He said, why are you persecuting me? So in our baptism, Jesus really does like move into our soul and becomes one with us. After that, he took three years to actually process what happened to him. And, and then, do you know the rest? Yeah. So then, I mean, I don't know all, as much detail as you, but I do know that he was close to the gospel author, Luke, right? Yeah. Wasn't he, like, wasn't Luke one of his, like, understudies yeah. or something like that? I think that Luke, a lot of his writing from the book of Acts came because he knew Paul, mm-hmm. which is cool because Luke wrote the book of Acts. And that's why, that's why Luke has the um, story of the parable of the lost sheep and the lost coin. Because St. Paul was the lost sheep. Oh, that's and, cool. And the lost Interesting. coin. And that's, that's, that's really cool. That where that influence came from. And so true, how much mm-hmm. heaven rejoices when one person changes. Yeah. Um, so he, he became so respected. He, so three for three years, he had to reflect on what happened to him. He was also healed by one of um, Jesus' uh, disciples. I think it was, was it Cornelius heals him. He was healed of blindness by one of the, one of the disciples of Jesus, who was a very holy man. Um, after his time of reflection, he goes on a tear. And I mean a tear, evangelizing, spreading Jesus to people. I mean, this guy was um, insane. And as we said, the Christian community respected him so much that the New Testament is pretty much the Gospels and then what St. Paul thinks about it. (laughs) Most of it. There's a few others in there. But um, so great story. Um, One thing that I'm thinking of that connects St. Paul, and I'm going to try to shut up because it's been like 90% me talking on this one, but um, it's hard to get me to stop talking when it comes to these things, but... Uh, one thing that connects St. Paul to Harry Potter <laughs> is that... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if anyone in history has ever connected, <laughs> but go on. <laughs> is that God sees where you're at and he'll still come down to help you. Someone who's really into Harry Potter might be a little misguided. Hopefully they're not into the witchcraft stuff, the really dangerous stuff. Maybe they're putting all their happiness into a book or Harry Potter or, or just something else you're really into that is not Jesus. Well, God sees your your tenacity and your your love for this thing, and He's very open, like He did with Saint Paul, to changing you mm-hmm. and to, and to making your love and your and your loyalty lie in Christ, where it's you're really going to find your fulfillment, not in the thing that you're obsessing over, whether it's Harry Potter or not. So Saint Paul, when he was evangelizing, didn't come down hard on people. Sometimes, when he went to go evangelize the Greeks, who 
uh, believed in many different gods. He saw in Athens a, all the temples to the gods. He's like, well, that's a demon or that's fake. and that you know. But then he saw an empty building. And he saw on this, a sign that said, Temple of the Unknown God. It was just an empty space in that building. No statue. So he goes to the top of the mountain. And knowing the Greeks were very philosophical, intelligent thinkers, he like butters them up. He was, he was smart. <laughs> uh, he was like, Greeks, I see that you, you know, love... Uh, your gods and that you think very deeply about religion and about philosophy and you're very smart about these things. He said, I'm here to tell you what's, what's going to make you even more intelligent. I'm paraphrasing because I saw the temple to the unknown God. It was an empty space. And I will let you know that that is the true God that you can't see in him. We live and move and have our being. And he's the true God that you've known all along. Uh, but you didn't know he was the one, the one true God. The others are fake. He said, he sent his son, Jesus to die for you, die for us. If you accept him into your heart, something along that lines, those who believe in him will never go to hell. Some Greeks laughed at him and said, you're insane. Others said, we'll listen to you about this a little more later. I'm, I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. But he used that as a stepping stone. Right. So, you know, if your friends are into some stuff that as long as it's not like a horribly mortal sin that they're into it, they're, right. you know, use these things as a stepping stone like St. Paul did to get Christ to their hearts. Yeah, perfect. Good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, someone else is going to host the next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this has been a lot of fun. Guys, I uh, had a great time. Um, so let us know your comments about Harry Potter if you want. You're always free to DM us and uh, comment on our videos. Uh, until next time, uh, a little prayer? Yep. Okay. All right. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, thank you for uh, this podcast tonight. Um, please uh, watch over and protect always uh, all of our viewers, and we thank them for their constant support that they give us in all of our uh, JMJ forums. Uh, Please help us to always uh, live holy lives and have balance, uh, especially if there are Harry Potter fans out there. Um, And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father, and the Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. God bless.